All right, my friends, welcome back to From Aid Arbitration. And today's going to be the third installment of accidents and accident-related discipline. And I think I'm getting a cold, so my voice sounds a little bit different, but this is me. So uh, in accidents and accident-related disciplines, these are just a few things. These last few episodes are a few things that I look for when we deal with accidents and accident-related discipline. Okay, now when we get into just cause principles uh, and corrective rather than punitive, all of those things are things that we can use in any discipline, uh, whatever it is. But these are just a few things that that I deal with and and I touch on when I deal with accidents and accident related disciplines from the informal to uh, arbitration. These are things that I, I look for and deal with. Okay, so with that being said, when you look at accidents some accidents are obvious if i'm driving down the street and i'm texting and i run through a stop sign and hit somebody more than likely i'm, I'm gonna get some discipline that, that sticks on me because uh, obviously i was distracted and i wasn't paying attention and then we're going to try to mitigate that discipline down so if it's un ungrieved it's going to be in there two years or if it's serious enough, it'll be in there two years. But we we'll always try to mitigate that discipline down, meaning, look, what would what would we take for that letter of warning or that seven-day if it's something that's that bad? If I'm delivering mail and somebody uses their mailbox as something to decorate so the neighborhood will think that they look good, and I accidentally hit one of the ten pots that they have sitting out there beside their mailbox because it was too close to the street to me that doesn't warrant discipline it should warrant the customer being told to clear around their mailbox but one of the things that we'll look for is on page 16.3 on page 16.3 of the jcam and it talks about examples of behavior and i'm going to read it's about halfway down where i'm going to start reading i'm not going to read all that to you but examples of behavior and you'll see it when you look at it But it says this, management must still meet the requisite burden of proof. Prove that the behavior took place, and listen to this, that it was intentional and that the degree of discipline imposed was corrective rather than punitive. Now that last part we'll get into when we get into our section of corrective rather than punitive because to me that's the most important part of Article 16. But they must prove that this act was intentional. If I'm delivering mail and I'm doing everything I'm supposed to do, and accidentally hit a pot that some lady has felt like she needed to put out there so that everybody, all of her neighbors think that she's Miss Home Decor. That wasn't intentional. My act was not intentional. I looked before I left the mailbox, thought that I had clearance, and accidentally hit one of these 15 pots. That's not intentional. We need to start contending that at the informal step A. I would even ask the supervisor or the manager, whoever issued the discipline, do you really think that that Corey Walton intended to hit that pot? Well, no, but he's going, well, right here in 16.3, it says that it must be intentional. Now, if I'm driving down the street, like I said, and I'm on my phone, and I'm texting, and I run straight through a stop sign, and I hit somebody, that was intentional. Because you knew what you was doing was wrong when you're texting and driving that postal vehicle, right? Here's one thing. (laughs) Do not give your phone to management. I had to deal with the removal where a young lady had an accident, and I'm looking at the case file, and here's all her phone records in there. And I asked her, I said, how did management get your phone records? I gave them my phone. Why in the world would you give them your phone? 
or because they told me I had to. Bullshit. We don't ever give management our phone. Ever. Don't ever give management your phone. I don't care what they say to you. I don't care if they tell you this is a this is a direct order to give me your phone. I'm going to hold up two fingers and I'm going to tell them two words. N O. I'm not giving you my phone. <laughs> if the postal inspectors come in there and say give me your phone. I'm not giving you my phone. That's my phone. Y'all didn't y'all didn't assign me this phone. Y'all are not paying for this phone. You're not getting my phone. It doesn't matter who they bring in there. You're not getting my phone. But anyway, so there, there are two different types of accidents, those that were not intentional and those that were. So that's a, a, a great provision of, of the JCAM that we can look at to help is on page 16.3, examples of behavior. And also in Article 29, and we use this quite often, it's on page 29.2, 29.2, and it's number two. And this is what it states, page 29.2, number two. The mere fact that an employee was involved in a vehicle accident is not sufficient to warrant automatic suspension or revocation of driving privileges or the automatic application of discipline. We've got to start using that because as soon as you call in and you tell management that you've had an accident, you're getting disciplined. That's just how it is because you have district safety, district managers. They're going to tell their subordinates. They're going to tell supervisors and managers, any accident, I better see discipline on it. I know that for a fact. I've heard teleconferences where the district manager said, if there's an accident, I better see some discipline on my desk. So you're getting discipline. Use that Article 29 provision against management. Arbitrators will cling on to that. I've had numerous arbitrators that cite that, talking about it, it's not an automatic application of discipline just because there's an accident. If, if it's just that, if it's an accident, if it's something that we couldn't have controlled or reasonably could have controlled, they're going to deny that discipline because, like I said, we're out there every single day delivering mail, not just our routes but parts of other routes. We are cautious. We do our job. But sometimes things happen. That does not mean that we need to be on our way to removal because of that. We have to start combating those things. So this is a shorter episode, but it's two very powerful provisions of our handbooks and manuals that we have to start using. Examples of behavior. Was that action intentional? Point that out. Even ask, like I said, ask the supervisor manager, do you think that this was intentional? Well, no, but okay. Well, it has to be if the discipline's going to be upheld because examples of behavior in the JCAM states that. That provision of Article 29. Use that. Like I said, we're putting arrows in a quiver. We're giving arbitrators everything humanly possible to consider to remove this discipline. Those are two very good provisions that we need to start using. Like I said, in, in future episodes, I'm going to have a good friend of mine, my formal A rep, who I, I respect a lot, He's going to come in and he's going to talk about corrective rather than punitive. That's, uh, to me, the, the biggest part of Article 16, so much so that it's the very first sentence. But he's going to talk about that. And then when we get into the just cause principles, we're going to go over each one of them. Each one of them is going to be an episode. Those are things that will also help us in, in accident-related discipline, in all discipline. Because if you don't have just cause, you don't have discipline.
And so we'll go over that thoroughly, but a shorter episode today. I hope that it helped you. Those are three episodes that I think that will will get us a good foundation for uh, getting that discipline thrown out if we use those things. Y'all have a great rest of the day. I'm going to go get back in bed, and I will talk to y'all on the next episode. Take care of yourselves. Have a great day now. Bye-bye.